So, what have you been watching in the past week or so? Or couple days. We're doing these more often now. I like that too, because I watch a lot of stuff. Hell yeah. Uh, I thought of two things I wanted to talk about, but right now the only one coming to mind, Booksmart. Oh, I rewatched it. I really wanted to see that. I, I didn't. Oh, it's on Hulu. Yeah, I know. I've been meaning Highly to watch it. I just checking out that. Oh, it was very... The first time I saw it in theaters... That's that's uh, uh, Olivia Wilde, directorial? Olivia Wilde, yeah, yeah directorial debut with uh, Beanie Feldstein and uh, Caitlin Deaver, or Dever. She was in the show Unbelievable on Netflix. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, really hard to watch, but very, very good. Okay. Uh, it's one of those... Um, it's a show with mostly female cast, comp- uh, mostly written and directed by women. Awesome. Yeah. Very good show. Uh, Booksmart, though, the when I saw it and made a review for it, I remember saying specifically that it had like almost a what seemed like a gimmick. Like every few minutes, it would do this thing where a really bass-heavy, uh, popular song would play and things would kind of go in slow motion. It's like how the trailer was structured, too. So uh, not giving anything really away, don't worry. But then I remember saying that that aspect of it would be a thing that I would either love rewatching or would be eh, i've seen it now hmm. and i gotta say i love it it's oh, cool. great on a rewatch hell yeah yeah i think i would if i i don't really score things as much anymore i, I feel weird giving it out of 10 to a movie now that i like making movies you yeah, know what i mean right. like hey you put all your work and effort into this uh seven out of ten <laughs> it's like four you know yeah. yeah right uh but i definitely feel like my like overall enjoyment improved on a second watch oh, great yeah. characters great writing excellent uh direction the like shot, funny? The composition it looked like it, it was like really genuinely funny very funny especially to me i feel like i'm almost a couple years older than some of the humor but i liked that you sure. know what i mean sure it yeah it it was very funny hell yeah what have you been watching what have you seen lately um, we've been making good use of, uh, Eva's Disney Plus subscription, <laughs> and, nice. uh, actually kind of, I don't know, in the mood of this podcast, I suppose, we've been watching a lot of very old Disney movies, uh, two classics that I've watched, you know, last episode I told you I watched Atlantis, which is, you oh, know, yeah. old classic. I need to rewatch that too. Two things that are classics that we watched, uh... In the past couple of days, Hercules, which was nice. literally my favorite movie as a kid. Like, my brother tells me all the time that as a kid, like a little, little kid, he'd be like, let's watch a movie. And I'd be like, Hercules! And he'd be like, we literally <laughs> watched Hercules yesterday and the day before yesterday. Can we watch something else? And I'd be like, Hercules! But um, it brought me like, a lot of fine. joy <laughs> watching it. God, fine. Um Probably a lot of joy to watch it, a lot of nostalgia, especially, I don't know why, it's like, I don't even think it's like an incredible song, but just, I can go the distance, I will find my way, <laughs> I just like wow. got chills. You know? That was beautiful. Well, thank you. Um, but the, <laughs> like, the other one I just that chills. I watched that, because um, I watched Hercules a bunch and I've rewatched it since, since, but Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ooh, that's one I haven't revisited yet. How I did it hold up? I have not seen that. I, I did not remember almost anything about it at all. Um, but it's a really solid 
fucking movie. It's the the score is very operatic. Um, you know, the soundtrack, the the songs and everything, it's it's very, you know, opera influenced, which fits Ooh, the like the tone and yeah. also the characters are really compelling and I love Esmeralda, man, is a the coolest and definitely most attractive like Disney princess or Disney lead female whatever out there but her uh outward appearance is not commented on except for the main villain who is obsessed with her looks and it's very very creepy and weird and like i just i like that and also she's talented and okay she is like a magician like an illusionist and also an incredible dancer and uh, crafty with a sword. Like she's just a badass and it's never like made a thing out of. She just is. And that I, yeah, I she's loved thinking that. back to it. Obviously I haven't revisited, but she yeah. in my mind is kind of the hero heroic, you know, yeah. swashbuckler of that story. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Oh man. And the, the colors used in the, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was very solid. I was, I was kind of surprised. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't remember that movie that well. The only thing I remembered about it, honestly, which is funny, is one tiny, tiny little bit. Literally, the only thing I remembered about the whole movie is, you know, it takes place in like, you know, Renaissance times, sort of. And there's a dude, <laughs> there's an old, old man with a long white beard and he's bald, trapped in a cage. And through the action of the movie, he gets knocked out and his cage opens and he jumps out and he goes, I'm free, I'm free. And then he accidentally trips and falls into one of those... Like uh oh, ah, yeah. there's a word for it, but like the the wooden like head and hands lock up the thing. thing. Yes. And he just goes, I'm free, I'm free. <laughs> Dang it. And uh <laughs> I totally remember that. That's literally wow. all I remembered about that movie, but it is a funny that might moment, be but... all I remember about that movie too. I'm gonna check that one out again. Yeah. One of the beautiful things about this podcast that allows us to revisit things and you know, you talking to me about it, now I'm gonna revisit it. Hell yeah. I love that. Speaking of this podcast, <laughs> uh, we call this podcast New Lens. Uh, Calvin and I are both aspiring filmmakers, and we decided to start a podcast revisiting films that and TV series that we watched when we were younger um, with this new lens. Uh, so usually we go over episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. That's kind of how we started this the first podcast. big undertaking, yes. Uh, we were chatting, though, and we thought, you know, it would be cool little mid-season break so we're exactly 10 episodes in out of 20 episodes per season perfect time uh we thought what's a good you know what's something we could visit that we haven't visited in a while maybe a movie or the pilot of a tv show or we threw around hercules yeah we almost we almost did hercules i don't know how we came to the conclusion but we kind of both thought of it at a similar time you were just like hey what about this and i was like oh my god it has been years. I have not why don't seen you tell uh, so why don't you tell our listeners what today's episode's about? Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. It's a a really entertaining movie. It's not a perfect movie, but not perfect. I have a lot to say. I have some things I that too. I I have problems with. I have mm-hmm. a lot that I love, mm-hmm. and a lot that I'm just like, holy crap, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, most of that this movie. is the voice cast, which... Yeah. Holy crap, dude. This is a stacked <laughs> fucking cast. I had no idea. I had so no let's... idea that Brad Pitt was Sinbad. Yeah. So let's just go through this real quick so that to contextualize this movie for our listeners who haven't seen it in a while, if they don't want to... It's on Hulu, by the way, if you want to revisit it. Um, but It's only an okay. hour and 20 minutes. It's very it's, quick, fun watch. Uh, but... DreamWorks, final... Uh, animated film, a hand animated film. After this, they went full CG. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, they like went over the top. So they picked Brad Pitt as their lead actor, Catherine Zeta-Jones as their lead female, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as the villain, and the Allstate guy as the main sidekick. <laughs> it's Dennis fun- Haber. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Which... I, he's a, he's a great actor, and I I know I've heard his voice in he other is things, great. so it kind of sucks that he's the Allstate guy, but he is like that. Have you seen that commercial that's out right now of no. that being acknowledged? No, <laughs> it's just like it starts out, and you think you're watching like CSI, and the camera's like in a yeah like a crane shot coming down to two guys uh like cops by a crime scene, and he is one of them, and he's like he seems like blah 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 blah, and then it cuts to the other cop, and he's like too bad he didn't have all state he wouldn't have needed to blah 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 with his insurance and then the director yells cut and it just goes to like the film set and he's like why do you keep talking about all state insurance and then the, the actor looks at the camera and he's like yeah <laughs> you know like he can't help it he can't get away from it it's so funny because that's an actual issue he probably has like can i audition for this part and they're like yeah you're just too you much the all state the all state guy <laughs> you know <laughs> dennis habert Let's reclaim. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis Habert is his. His name is Dennis Habert. His name, his name was Dennis, Dennis Habert, Habert. <laughs> yeah. and he's excellent. Very great, uh, especially in this film. Joseph Fiennes as well as Proteus. Um, yeah, that's stacked cast. I almost forgot it. Yeah, man. I don't know Joseph Fiennes as well as I know the other actors in this. But have you he, seen the movie Shakespeare in Love? That's the one that that's I haven't seen that will make me go, "Oh yeah, of yeah. course." We've got uh, the music being done by the composer of the music for, like, Shrek, yeah. The Martian, tons of other things. I wrote down uh, Chicken Run, mm-hmm. like, five Denzel movies, Spy mm-hmm. Kids. Henry Gregson Williams is his name. Yes. Yeah. It's just, like, an overall, like, when you look at who is a part of this movie, it's kind of interesting that when you look at the reviews, it wasn't a huge critical success, and it, it definitely really wasn't a box office success. Yeah. It really bombed. We should give a little outline of the movie before we start talking about it too much, right? I totally agree. I'm so sorry. Oh, no worries. <laughs> I'm just excited. Go oh, for me it. Too. Why don't you um, why don't you give us a little breakthrough of what happens in this film? How about we sort of tag team it <laughs> if that's cool yeah, with you? Yeah, good idea. Um just cuz we got a lot of plot here. For those who haven't seen the movie, uh this opens up on Eris, the goddess of discord and chaos, deciding she's going to start a new plan of chaos in the world. She zooms in on Sinbad chasing uh, what he doesn't yet know to be his friend Proteus, who is um, who is transporting this artifact, the Book of Peace, uh, to the city of Syracuse. And Sinbad boards the ship. They get attacked by this sea monster that uh, Eris unleashed on the world which is the beginning of her plan which kind of bonds Sinbad and Proteus together reminds them that they used to be old friends and reminds them of what that means uh Sinbad helps him get through that and 
Proteus gets back to Syracuse and puts the Book of Peace into its proper temple, and now it is safe in the uh, city of Syracuse. But Eris quickly executes the next step of her plan, which is to disguise herself as Sinbad and steal the book. So Sinbad is accused, but Proteus, trusting Sinbad, his very old friend, decides to say he will take his place in prison as long as Sinbad goes to retrieve the book. Um, and if he doesn't return in ten days, Proteus will be executed. So Sinbad goes off with his crew on the journey to uh, Tartarus to obtain the Book of Peace from Eris. And he discovers that he has a stowaway. Marina is on board with him. And they go through some adventures on the way. Yeah. So Marina, by the way, being Proteus's uh, arranged upcoming wife, arranged fiance. They have an arranged marriage. So she is, she's like with him. Uh, I'm curious if he even knows that she's doing this or if it's all on her own. Yeah. Uh, so on their adventures, they encounter multiple different uh, let's call them mythical creatures. We've got sirens, hmm. which, if you don't know, are uh, mermaid-like creatures that entice the men of the sea to their doom. We've got a giant, like, sea monster fish thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Island I fish. really love that. Me too. Yes, the island fish. And as well as that, they encounter a snow hawk and the end of the world, literally. They eventually find their way into Tartarus, and just Sinbad and um, Marina. Marina. I wanted to say Melina. Just Sinbad and Marina go and encounter Ares and try to strike a deal, which leads them to basically failing. It seems like yeah. all is, all hope is lost, and it's kind of up to Sinbad to, even though he didn't succeed, go back and take his place in prison to be executed and he he does he decides mm -hmm. to be the hero in the end redeems himself and Ares bounded by her word ends up having to just give up the book of peace which we might go into a little more detail but oh, yeah. essentially everyone ends happy and uh Proteus realizes you know what maybe an arranged marriage is kind of shitty she loves <laughs> Sinbad and he lets Marina go with Sinbad and... Through the course of the journey, they've discovered their love for each other. So, yeah. It's a movie. There's some stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like the overarching storyboarding of this movie and the, and the writing of the plot line and the through line. You know what I'm saying? I like that. Absolutely. Yeah, it feels like... Um, I always, growing up, thought it felt like the Odyssey, like Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, totally. And it's uh, something I kind of want to touch on, actually, is is that. So, mm. I don't know how much research you did on Sinbad or the story of Sinbad. Did you at all before or after watching it? Not, not really. It's really interesting. So, Sinbad is traditionally a Muslim hero from Baghdad. Hmm. And... Uh, it's, he's part of like a bunch of different, like short stories that add up to like the seven voyages of Sinbad. And he's like, yeah. 
So I thought it was kind of interesting that yeah. the movie, when I watched the, I sent you a little making of clip where the, it was kind of a promotional thing that DreamWorks put out at the time of the movie. Yeah. But when they described change, kind of changing the character, they used the words, we brought him to a modern audience by making him fit into a culture. Uh, like he fits into like Greek culture, Greek mythology. Sure. To me, yeah. it's a little bit just like, all right, let's make him white. Let's make him white you know I mean? so Americans like him. It sucks a little bit. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think it's It cool sucks a little bit. I think that's... They're merging mythologies, which is cool. Looking at it that way is cool. It sucks that they're whitewashing the character. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a problem of the times, I think. You know, making a bringing a character to a modern American audience just kind of means making him a white guy, voiced by Brad Pitt. And that's... It is a problem, but like you said, the merging of mythologies is really, really cool. That is just something I wish they would have handled a little better. You know what yeah. I mean? They could still it's like, have made Sinbad a person of color. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's you've not got, like there's uh, no people of color. In so Greece. few iconic. Yeah. When you've got like four iconic characters in the world and you can make one of them, you know, I don't know. But yeah, it. so that I think I just wanted to touch on that because I think that's an important thing to touch on. Um, but I think the, my other main issue with the movie, and I'm not just going to complain about this movie the whole time. I love, I've really had a blast watching it. My other main issue, which I just wanted to get out of the way was I think due to production. So Mm -hmm. I think this movie is a little bit rushed. Like it's a lot into one movie, which works actually really well with like it being just an exciting narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the main reason why that happened I was like kind of just looking on the IMDb trivia and it turns out the road to El Dorado bombed. It like did horribly. And because of that, they had plans to make seven of these movies and they turned it into one. So they went from doing a movie about Sinbad on his voyage for the book of peace. And then they decided to do Sinbad and the legends like he was going to have because I think the original story is Sinbad the voyages of the seven seas and he has like seven voyages Hmm. so they kind of just made it one story and I think it's kind of prevalent like you can kind of tell there's like oh like there's a lot going on but like like you were saying about the through line the plot itself works in its it works with that in its favor it ends up making it just kind of a Indiana Jones like movie classic adventure swashbuckler the stakes aren't as high as they maybe could be, yeah. But it almost makes for it to be just like a roller coaster. It's like an amusement park for ride, you know. What it turned out to be, I think it's perfect for a kids' adventure like pirate movie. It's perfect. Is it a fantastic? Yeah. Is it a fa- fantastic story arc of you know cinema in general? No, 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 it's not. But. It's entertaining, and one of the main things I wanted to talk about in general about this movie is that the action is so fucking fun in this movie. It doesn't oh, always yeah, make very sense. Good. It doesn't. It's not always like I. I don't even tense. know exactly what I'm looking. It's. It's not always like tense in the way that you want conflict to be, but it's entertaining and cool. The things that they do are so cool, even though you're like, that can never fucking happen. But that's why, that's I kind of like those things to happen in animation movies 
because too. otherwise why i wrote down just, a few things like that yeah otherwise just shoot it live like, action but exactly i was just gonna say an example of it being rat using ropes to just like fly around yeah that would never work stuff in like live that action. it's just like so cool speaking of the animation though the cgi is not great the computer generated stuff in this is not great and it doesn't always blend great um it's still fun yes and it feels like they knew when they were going to use it from the beginning it didn't feel like oh crap we can't animate that we better use cgi it more felt like all right we're going to make all the creatures cgi and that will be really cool and then maybe the technology wasn't as ready for that as they wanted it to be. The thing about that, though, is it's not just the creatures that's animation. I don't know if you noticed this, but um, a lot of the background stuff is like stock character animation. Like the people talking in court when they're at Syracuse are just animation. And once I noticed that, like in the first scene when Sinbad comes to join them... Um, and I noticed that these like nobles in the background, like doing a stock, like turning and talking back and forth sort of animation oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Once I noticed that, it was on my mind and I kept looking for it. And even main plot points where there's just two characters, but you're from far away are definitely animation. So this whole movie was made entirely in... Linux? Is that how you pronounce it? I think it's Linux. Linux, which means that they hand, I think they hand drew all of like the action character facial stuff, you know, like what he looks mm -hmm. like. And then they put all the animation into a computer and then went from there, which probably means that anything wide shot, like any background, yeah. any that probably all was created on a computer, right? Yeah. And the sad yeah. thing is that it shows it. You can see it. I I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. It. I didn't notice as much of that. Now, if I rewatch it, I probably won't be able to unsee things yeah. like that. I saw a lot of it in places you wouldn't even expect. Uh, I definitely noticed it in spots like you know, like slamming a door or like mm. uh, a thing flying in the camera. It almost felt like they were trying to do like a three D style, mm. you know, because mm. it's animated, so they can't. But you know, it felt like that. Uh, yeah, I think as a gimmick, it did not work, but as a idea, I feel I like it, you know, whenever it happens on the screen, for some reason, I'm like, I just kind of like that. Like the sirens, especially they're not perfect, but that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I think, uh, the, cause they're just like CGI water Yeah, and not because I think they look great, but because the idea of that, like. Since sure. they had the ability to do CGI, they came up with this cool design for a siren that I've never seen before. Usually it's a physical mermaid. They're like, what if a siren is like a product of that? Just like a spirit of the water like, yeah, area I don't know. that you're in. Yeah. I would love to see that just done a little better, you know? Yeah. Another thing I did actually like about this movie was the focus on lighting in a few different scenes. Ooh, I think the lighting is beautiful. really cool in this. Especially Those night in like, scenes. In the night scenes, in in the bubble where oh, Sinbad yeah. first meets Eris and the light is coming from underneath, which is a really cool so choice. Cool. 
in his trial where the light's coming very uh very uh directly from above them i don't know when he's in jail there's a giant candle in the corner and Mm -hmm. i was like that's so cool that they decided to animate a huge candle because they could have just animated a little one and done unrealistically bright lighting but they animated they drew just a massive candle because it it lit the whole room in this beautiful light and it i don't know thought that was cool and that's the thing is like the lighting is cool and it's not just cool for no reason like they're thinking about why the different scenarios are lit in different ways like when he's in that bubble it's sort of magical and having light come from underneath you is something that doesn't happen very often and so it gives it this sort of you know out of this world feel in the trial it feels very imposing to have light coming down from above but also they're in this big cathedral where there's probably some windows much much higher than where they are in the cave you know they've got this big candle in the one of my favorite sequences of this movie when their first setting out uh after proteus has agreed to go to jail and rat is swinging around lighting the torches on all the ship oh yeah that is so cool oh and the shot the tracking shot through that and the lighting of it of all the characters with you know very chiroscuro to use a fucking film studies phrase uh dramatic lighting you know with one sort of bright light light source um it's not quite chiroscuro because they're people aren't like half completely in shadow, but um, you know it is a more dramatic lighting than a lot of the rest of it, and a lot of animated films in general. I feel like lighting is a great way to just elevate animation. Absolutely, uh, which also ties into the color. Holy cow! There's some colors. great colors in this movie, and all over the place. They'll go from uh, like when they're in a night scene with the ocean and then the beautiful almost northern lights looking sky mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden we go to Ares Ares I'm going to say and she's uh throwing down a monster and doing like the snow globe thing and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're in snow it just like right. cakes over with ice and the snow's over them and the colors just completely change and they change outfits to accompany the snow and their outfits look better in the snow than yeah. they I just love attention to stuff like that you can tell that the animators were like working to keep it visually pleasing in areas that you don't need to you know i think that's so important in an adventure movie like this yeah Um, i agree it's part of what gives one of my favorite movies the grand budapest hotel that feeling of adventure is such distinct uh areas that they go to you know phases yeah. that they go through advent like stages of the adventure that they are going it's like through. indiana jones going to different countries and yeah. finding different ancient artifacts and totally all of them yeah i think that's a key to a good adventure movie is actual change in setting and it does that uh, really well there's yeah super well did you know that this movie almost got made into a live-action version oh. starring Keanu Reeves? Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that little fun fact out there. Another fun uh, fact, it didn't... the voice for the animation was supposed to be Russell Crowe. Oh. But he dropped out because <laughs> of scheduling. Do you know about, uh, I don't know if you finished that video I sent you, but they go in-depth on one aspect that I love that they talk about. Hmm. The dog, Spike. Did you watch <gasps> that part? I must have. It's the last minute of the video. Basically, 
one of the few times you'll see in an animated film, they used real dogs for all of Spike's sounds. Really? So they got eight different dogs, tried a ton of different stuff to get them to work, and you can tell in the video that the sound guy is a little bit like, are we really doing this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But then, then there's this guy who they bring on, and they're like, but then we found this guy, and this dude is just the best. He's like... So, uh, I heard they were looking for dogs who were, uh, kind of interesting looking and, uh, sounded kind of interesting. And I just thought a tank over here. I think his name is Tank or Hank or something. Okay. And it's Bulk just like a dog. little, like, bulldog with its face, like, smooshed in. Sound like that. You know, it has, like, the most interest. It sounds like a human, like, hacking up. I don't know. It's so yeah. funny. And the video is just, like, them having Hank in, like, the sound booth with, like, you know, treats to make sound the sound of eating and, like, oh, barking yeah. and sniffling. That's very rare, too. Usually, if you're listening, you would almost always have a human being do animal voices. And you have someone like D. Bradley Baker of Avatar fame. Who is good enough to do it, by the way. Oh, he absolutely. could nail it. But it's just cool that they wanted to give this dog a dog voice and brad pitt even talks about liking the dog he's like yeah it's a great dog <laughs> i really want to say like and it shows but like i don't think i think it's just in the animation just... of it and the writing of how to integrate the dog into the story and that fact this is one of the best animated dogs of all time i fucking love Absolutely. this dog so much spike another is... fun fact what? Test screenings, the audience liked the dog more than Sinbad, so they added seven dog scenes into the movie for the final release. <laughs> Isn't that, that amazing? Sense. It makes and sense. The dog is even one of one of the main forces helping with Sinbad's character arc of change through this movie. Really, he is. He's the dog has like a better understanding of morals and value than Sinbad in the beginning of this film. One of my favorite moments funny. in the whole movie is after they get out from the sirens, <laughs> and uh, uh, Marina has totally saved their asses, and the whole crew recognizes it. But Sinbad still being a sexist fuck and just being like, "What have you done to my ship?" And then she gets she gets mad and slams the doors, and the whole crew looks at him, and he's kind of like, "What?" And then he looks over at Spike, and Spike is like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> he also is looking at him disapprovingly. And he like walks away and Spike just has that, oh, uh, I'm embarrassed look on his face because Sinbad's pants are ripped. And it's like they did such a good job <laughs> right. of animating this dog being embarrassed for Sinbad. It's like <laughs> right. that moment didn't need to be in there, but it just adds so much. Oh, yeah. Which also I wanted to touch on. Uh, this movie is very adult. And I in a lot of know, ways, yeah. I know why, because watching that. Mm -hmm. This making of video that I sent you just opened my eyes to a lot of things that I had already written down. They, like, confirmed things. I had written down, like, holy cow, this movie has a lot of things in it uh, that people talk about nowadays having an animation. Like, oh, it's good animation if, like, they make a sex joke, but the kid won't get it. You know what I mean? Sure. I feel like this yeah. movie was, like, in the era that started doing that, but not to do that. Just, like, it's just a good movie, and there's jokes in it, and those jokes might get across. Sure. And the dude in this video who's, like, describing, uh, I think he was one of the lead animators, he, he, one of his quotes that I loved, which basically summed it up, it's the opposite of what you would usually hear. He said, mm -hmm. DreamWorks appeals to adults and the adult within every child. Oh. Isn't that interesting? 
Interesting. That's you really never cool. hear that. You never you usually hear, hear like, oh yeah, we love animation because it's for kids and for the kid and every adult. Yeah. But like their goal was to make a movie that adults would like and the kid and the adult within every kid would like. Yeah. You know, you watch it and you're like, oh, that's so a... cool, but you don't really know why. Like, yeah. oh, that that joke is really funny, but do you even know what like romance is when you're five? Like, right. no. Yeah. But I think that's interesting, and it it kind of shows why I like it now. You know. That's if that aspect of it wasn't present, I don't know if it would have held up more than because you know, I I agree with a lot of critiques of it, but I don't agree that it's not good. I loved it, and that's yeah. probably why you know. That's really interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I like that a lot. That's how I think Avatar is, honestly, too. Yeah, appeals to the adult within children, not the other way around. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's a lot of notions in here that are like. Even the notion of, like, very old friends, you know, that's not something a kid ever yeah. has, <laughs> you know? Proteus, exactly. the relationship of Proteus and Sinbad is very distinct. It's like, I know who you are at your core, but you've changed so much. But I know that who we were as friends is still in this somewhere. That's it's so funny really being... 24 and watching this that hit harder than almost anything in the whole movie yeah there's no way that translated to me as a child i definitely just thought they were brothers or something as a kid you know yeah also the notion of proteus and marina's arranged marriage what a mature and interesting thing to touch on and him at the beginning saying this is an arranged marriage, which is, a, you know, there's, I, I feel like there's other kids stories that use that because they're like old timey, whatever. And, but it's very surface level, but he said, Proteus is like, this was an arranged marriage, but I want to know you and me, like, do you want to marry me? Like, will you marry me? And we don't get to hear her answer. And it seems by the way she's like about to start speaking that it's more complicated than just, yes, of course, I love you so much. It's and I'd like complex. to remind our listeners that this is an hour and 24 minute swashbuckling animation. Right. And it has the time to dive into this stuff and it didn't feel boring or out of place. It really naturally progressed their character development. I also never, I felt like, marina's arc through this felt very natural like she I, had an arc which was nice i was worried going into this like oh mid-2000s whitewashed animated movie with a female as a sidekick and mm -hmm. it's not gonna be good but no it was like i keep saying female i hate that word i'm sorry <laughs> with <laughs> no, a female it's yeah. just like <laughs> it only works in like a very small when you're writing it scenario. down <laughs> um but but yeah it's just it, it was refreshing. I think her like desire to be out and adventuring is very well established. It feels very natural. Like she's like, "Wow, look at how, look at how beautiful that is." And he's like, "Yeah, look at that temple. Isn't it gorgeous?" Oh, you meant you meant the ocean? Oh, like, yeah, right. But it, it's kind of goofy. But it's well, it's way less goofy than I just <laughs> laid it out. But it, yeah, it ties perfectly too. They have that conversation, and then their next conversation, he acknowledges that he understands that. And as an audience, it would be silly if you were like, I know that your love is the sea, and you fell in love on the sea. If we were like, wait, really? I didn't realize that. I thought she was just like a girl who <laughs> helped them because we right. needed the girl to help them in the end. No, she was a swashbuckler just like yeah. Sinbad was. She and they talked adventure. about that. 
in that making of thing how mm. when they created the character they wanted her to be toe to toe with Sinbad it yeah. not just like because the writing needed it to be she, her character actually was that badass that talented speaking uh, of female characters by the way an interesting thing i did read reading up on this after watching they were looking at michelle pfeiffer for eris early on and she kind of pushed back through two drafts like they they went through three different drafts um i didn't know this to to write rewrite the character because it kept being like the character is too purely and overtly sexual the character is too like extremely malicious like it they were playing on sort of stereotypical, like, bad female things too yeah, much. And she like, pushed back on it and got the script changed. And there still is a lot of that inherent in the script. But I think she succeeded in helping direct the Yeah, that character, character is seductive, direction. malicious, but also smart and... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, has a purpose, even if the, it's an evil purpose or whatever. But it feels more like the characters drive rather than bad yeah. bad woman bad <laughs> <laughs> right i don't know what the changes that were made were but one I'd thing be i was curious. thinking I'd, of is like i'd be curious at the very end um you it's it feels complex it does, like she manipulated sinbad and she tried to use him and thought that it would be easier to do it but also it's like emotionally abusive you know it's like an intricate wow. an intricate like I, I'm just thinking of, I don't know, like, if that were a relationship and, like, it's ended and she's saying, like, don't try and pretend to be the monster, not be the monster that I know you are. It's like she is trying to implant the idea yeah. in his head that he is a worse person that he is for her and own he benefit. And he believes it. And he believes it. He believes it. it. it in works. that moment towards the end where she basically says... You know, would you go back for your friend mm -hmm. or would you go, you know, run off with his lover? And he's like, I would go back. And I think I thought in that moment, even though they kind of play it off, like in that exact moment, he was lying. But then he grew because of that lie. Mm. I don't know if that's the case. I like to think that he had grown and her being like, I know you're lying, made him then go, shit, am I lying? And that's exactly yeah. what you're talking about she basically made him believe that he was lying like her plan she couldn't tell if he was lying at all she's not a lie detector she had no idea she was just like if i say this then he definitely won't go back so now i will be right mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it's really interesting and ties into this it turns out michelle pfeiffer uh didn't want to even do this movie and, and then her kids like convinced her oh, i read that i don't know how much you know that how true that is and like how much they pushed her to but it definitely makes you think imagine being someone whose kids want you to make a movie and then getting the script for it and then your character just being shit yeah of course like it's gonna dope back. that she pushed back i'm glad because i i bet that's rare i bet that you know a lot of actors will get a script and just do the job right it's cool that she did that knowing her kids were excited for that role you know yeah that is it must cool. be i bet she's proud and that's really cool yeah uh i keep wanting to say this because we kind of talked about how the action in this movie and animation are basically what make it it's a lot like the adventures of Tintin in that way oh, I don't know if yeah. you've watched it since I've suggested it I still have it's on I Netflix it. okay yeah 
But the thing about Tintin that makes it so fun to watch is just genuinely brilliant uh, action sequences hmm. that feel a little bit like nothing nothing bad's going to happen here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not, but it doesn't take away from it. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. That's, I feel like Pirates of the Car- Caribbean, at least the first one, has a lot of that too, where it's like, everyone's going to be fine, but this is so much fun to watch, you know? Yeah. Speaking uh, of the action but, sequences, I just wanted to highlight a couple moments. Um the first time, like very early on, is the first moment that made me go, "Oh, this is like really cool." Is Proteus fighting off Sinbad's pirates using yeah. his foot to like whip around their hands and like kick him in the face? Like there was a lot of really cool, dope. like, uh, did he just use his foot to do that? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? There was a lot of that in this movie. And what what cool use of pirate stuff also the ship design just like we talked about in the last episode of a new lens with the like fish fins the fins uh sort of sails they've got that i love the way they use it into uh killing the first like sea squid monster the way they use it later with to like fly fly Oh, and so it's all cool. cool because of that sailor lingo, too. Yeah. Imagine if he was just like, avast. You know, we've heard all right. the same stuff. Right. I feel like they, like, were saying what you would need to do to do that. Yeah. Pull a port line ship to starboard. Yeah. Avast the sails to tighten the shmi. You know, I don't know. It was awesome. <laughs> I was I, like, yeah, tighten that sail. It's such a great, like, sort of swashbuckling, like, pirate adventure. Um it came out either the same year or the year after or before Pirates of the Caribbean. I think it's the same year, which is, I think, partially why this movie did not do so good because that movie that did sucks. so successfully. Doesn't, and this movie just took three timing? years to make, so you yeah. know that they weren't like, oh, they're making a Pirates movie. We better animate one. Right. It's like, no, you, it took three years to make these movies. They probably yeah. came up with the ideas at the same time. Oh, yeah. Man, that sucks. I also love... Sinbad launching himself up to the tower to get to help so Marina cool. when she gets With captured like by the snow blades log. tied to his feet. Oh, and he just so I love cool. stuff like that. The creativity yeah. of this movie. Also, I I don't think we actually touched on it. Think about how hard it would be to animate Ares or Ares Ares. Yeah, Ares. Everything <laughs> about her was just like smoke, but it wasn't like a generic uh, simulation. It yeah. looked like, I feel like someone hand drew every flow of her hair. Her, yeah. It, it was just, I don't know. It, I feel like it was almost psychedelic. In the video you sent me, they use a couple different analogies. Yeah, they talk, and one they of them is on like that. cream and coffee. And I thought that was a very yeah, distinct Yeah, I love that. that like, very much rang true. Yeah, the way she like swirls around and like puffs away and recreates herself in another spot and sort of slithers around in this watery way it's so intricate and very cool yeah and like wait the way her like world did that too with sand how like yeah. the oh sand in tartarus was the, the water there flowing like waves that was that incredible. was so cool i that love really that cool yeah no i agree that's this movie in general is just it's like, just like oh, oh that's that so cool. cool when the sky <laughs> yeah. when they're getting to the entrance of Tartarus and th- these like rips in the sky tear down oh. until the sky is a completely different color and the star turns into this portal that was wow I don't know I that that really struck me as like ooh you have reached the entrance and it's a different color palette that feels more intense as well another good use of color 
And that's not just something that you go, all right, I'm going to just type in my computer, create portal, or I'm going to look up like someone not only animated that someone thought of what that was going to look like Mm -hmm. before the anime. I mean, to make it feel epic. Oh, it's hard to do. And the music throughout all of it. I know I said the music right away in the beginning of the beginning of the podcast, but I want to talk about it a little more. We got it. The cow. score is incredible in this, especially the themes around Eris. And it does suck that it came out at the same time, around the same time as Pirates of the Caribbean, because it reminds me yeah. of that score, you a know? Bit. But what is distinct is Eris's, like theme, that the bassoon that's like, oh, oh yeah. How, how does it go? I, it's such a great, like, I can't even. Yes. You're nailing it right there. I was going to try to make it, but you got it. It's, it's not exactly like, that, but like it it would be whimsical in another context, but it's like but ooh, it's spooky in this one. And the, and the like uh and they use real orchestra for this too, which I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. that is common in an animated movie. I just feel like it wouldn't be cuz I mean the movie, I don't know, maybe it is, but when they showed like videos of him making the music, there's like an actual French horn player and like mm-hmm. actual bassoons. The singing so that that floats in and out of those themes oh, too, the like, yeah. Ah, ah. yeah, it's very creepy and very cool and like, ah, I don't know, very engaging. That siren scene was nuts as far oh, as yeah. mixing music because you have to have music in your siren scene because that's how they lure men in. Mm-hmm. But they used the music as part of the soundtrack and that you, oh man. I so love the cool. fact that Marina saves them because she's a woman and she's not influenced by the sirens. I just, I loved that so much. And they bookended it very well with Sinbad sexism. Yeah, and it's a classic, I wouldn't know if that's, if I would call that like a trope, you know, like the sirens lure the men, but it doesn't work on the woman. But like, it didn't feel like a trope. It felt mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, I I don't know why, but this kind of feels refreshing. Like, I don't know, maybe... I just I feel like usually it's like one one of the du- the dudes like saves them because he's like got earplugs in or something. I don't know. It was <laughs> right. just cool. Like that that's how they mm-hmm. how they swung that in. Uh <laughs> I just <laughs> I forgot about this. Uh you know in the very end when um <laughs> she's on the ship again and she's like way up high and he like cuts a rope and flies up and like <laughs> yeah. I just wrote down what if that rope was like super important <laughs> you know he just cuts a rope and, and like the sails all collapse and like the whole crew's like what the he's just like hi marina you know? i literally said out loud what a fucking waste of rope man yeah <laughs> he damn it slices it like a rat this whole movie has been yeah. like using rope geniusly like wrapping it around his body like that one moment where he jumps off the lookout post mm-hmm. and just bungee jumps basically oh. lands in front of her inches from the ground just Mm -hmm. like in like a comfortable laying down position (laughs) hanging from the ropes hi senorina you know it's so cool (laughs) yeah yeah the the crew is really cool in this movie and i love the two guys who are constantly betting on everything i love that so much Um, uh lee and Jin. oh are those the character's name yeah uh the the brothers, Lee and Jin, right? Or is it the brothers? Or did they bet yeah. with other people too? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think they were the. No, it was just those two. And yeah, the like, first it here starts it comes with... they flip a coin. <laughs> the first time Sinbad meets Eris, and they pull him back up out of it, and he's like, "Well, he lived." They flip the coin, and it's like, "Ah, that's, that's awesome!" So... And I forgot that that was an ongoing bit, and they do it over and over in this movie. And yeah, uh, I love when. Uh, 
I love when uh, Sinbad and Marina are fighting, and they're like, I got five on Marina. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> my favorite one is, pay up, it's flat. <laughs> when they get to the edge of the world, <laughs> one of them is out of flat earth. That's funny. Yeah. That was good. Oh, man. The characters, yeah, I... That's the thing. Like, you can almost forgive the fact that they turned a classic story of, like, a Muslim man from Baghdad and put that, like, story into Greek mythology. Because mm-hmm. the Greek mythology, I don't know if it does, but to me, it enhances some of the storytelling because I'm like, oh, that's dope. I know that god. And, oh, that's the classic, the sirens. I know sirens, you know, like, that. De- I get, like, how that is something I'm aware of. And having, you know, his crew is just all so, like, it's like a diverse crew, and they're all cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I know his name is Rat, but he's not, like, a he's not a creep, and he's no. not, like, a thief. Like, I feel like the worst character in this movie is Sinbad. Yeah. The white guy. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And, and I think that's one of the things that maybe this movie has, like, against it critically. I think a lot of... I was reading some reviews of it, and... Mm. A couple of them talked about how uh, it's like a movie that feels more focused on having a star-studded cast than good characters. Hmm. And I just feel like I appreciate Sinbad as a character, even if he's not a likable one until like the very end because of that. You know, it's a thief. He's like a shitty thief that has to really grow. Could it have been handled maybe a little with a little more nuance so I would like appreciate his growth more? Absolutely. Hmm. But a lot of movies could. As far yeah. as like it taking away from what this movie does, I don't think it really does. I think it's just still a fun adventure movie that I can throw on, you know? I think it caters well enough to the theme that is being direct that that is being delivered in this movie, which is basically what I got out of it is like in everyone's heart, there's like good impulses and bad impulses. And it's about what you choose to pursue. It's like you could be the thief swashbuckler, or you could be the hero who like helps people and is selfless and everybody's capable of that. And it's about what you choose to pursue and who you choose to be. I think that's pretty cool. And I think Sinbad being a shitty dude, who's like, good at heart and eventually like figures out to pursue that side of himself more. I think it works well for the movie that they've, yeah, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. And, and they, they show that with more than just Sinbad, like with his, with, uh, Pladius, uh, Proteus, his growth, even Proteus, Pladius (laughs) with Forkius, Plato. (laughs) Yeah. Um, um, him kind of growing to, I mean, he's out, what's cool about him though, is he doesn't really grow. He just kind of is awesome the whole time being like, you know what? I'll take Sinbad's place. You know what? Go with Sinbad, even though I'm madly in love with you. You right. know, he kind of just is such a selfless, cool guy, but he still does make those choices to be that guy. You know? Yeah. Uh, we kind of, we get, we can s- compare and contrast Sinbad to him in a lot of things that are like, all right, well. They're still like both good men at heart. Sinbad maybe just made choices leading up to this point that mm. changed what people view him as, but he's not necessarily that guy, you know. That does lead me to uh, kind of my the. I think the most 
negative thing I have to say about the movie is that there are so many minor plot holes that don't matter really if you're just like going into the movie expecting a fun adventure to just like have a good time with. But like the fact that he's surprised when Sinbad shows up at the at Syracuse and he's like, oh, seeing you two times in one day. It's like, did you really forget that the first time you saw him was because he was trying to steal the book of peace? <laughs> and hmm, I wonder what he's here for now. Hmm. It's like, and that is what he's there for, even though it like turns yeah. out different. Originally, he absolutely. And also like his ship gets fucked up by the, by the, uh, the like, octopus monster thing yeah and they use the sails to skewer the thing which is so cool in the moment but then literally like five minutes later his ship is fine and they sail away to syracuse with no problem (laughs) and his sails are back intact and there's no visible damage on his ship at all yeah it's like when he's like oh this damage to the ship i'm gonna need like four loads of timber and she's like you could just use some tree sap i'm like what (laughs) on earth are you gonna do with tree sap i think that's definitely a product of it being like oh shit we need to make one movie here not seven just fucking write a script yep it was written by uh john logan who wrote uh I mean, pulling up his ID, IMDb page, obviously he could be partners with other writers in these projects, but I'm seeing Alien Covenant. I'm mm. seeing Spectre, Skyfall, Hugo, Rango, uh, Sweeney Todd, oh. The Aviator. And those were all after Sinbad. Before Sinbad, Last Samurai, The Time Machine, Gladiator. Oh, so yeah, he's a he he writes, you know. Yeah, but it seems uh, like he's got some highs and lows in there for sure. Definitely, which makes you wonder like I wonder what this could have been. Yeah. What would a first installment of 7 be? Uh I don't know. I think that's something to ponder on for sure. Or what would a live action Keanu Reeves Sinbad be? <laughs> Probably just fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Or terrible. I mean, I terrible, love but with Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. I love Keanu Reeves. Don't get me wrong. Dude's not a great actor. You I, could imagine him just being like, I'm Sinbad. We need knives. Lots of sales. You know? We were sales. old friends once, but now I just want gold. <laughs> and then who would who would be uh Platius, I keep saying because I keep forgetting <laughs> Proteus. 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 Who would be Proteus in that if it was? Oh, it would I don't be know. like, oh man, like Chris Evans or something, just like another, just like guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just Bill and Ted. <laughs> oh, that would be great. I'll get I would be okay with dude. that. I have not seen awesome. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or any other Bill and Ted's thing all the way through. I know I got to. I'm really sorry, anyone listening who Yikes. has just lost a lot of respect for me in that way. No respect lost, but you got to get on that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll check it out. They are classic. I've seen bits and pieces and stuff, but yeah. Well, uh, I think in all we can agree this is a wildly entertaining movie that I understand why I loved so much as a kid. I definitely yes noticed it. certain aspects of it that struck me differently as an adult, and a lot of stuff that as an adult and as a filmmaker made me go, 
ooh, that was rushed or that didn't make sense plot wise. That didn't translate. Writing. Yeah. But uh all in all, I would show this to my kid, you know? I Absolutely. Would Me too. Recommend it. Yeah. Uh with the understanding that it's a jovial adventure. Yeah, and so much stuff is out all the time. This is still, I would say, a step above a lot of it, you know? I do. Uh, and it's a good, a great way to open discussion because you can talk about its flaws without being like, hey, we're going to go watch a bad movie now. Sorry. Right. You can watch a great movie and acknowledge like, by the way, did you notice the CGI moments in that shot? Like, here, let's watch this movie. This is how those have improved over the years, though I appreciate their effort. Yeah. I think that's a great way to go about watching movies. And you can also appreciate how much work went into it. Like, there are some really cool sequences in here. The tracking shots of rat swinging around. The tracking shot. Okay, mostly it's just cool tracking shots, I think. that Cool tracking <laughs> shots. And great uh, fight scenes. The fight you know, scenes are very cool. Great fight scenes. I, mostly I'm just trying to get at uh, a moment that I remembered that <laughs> I didn't mention yet, which is just <laughs> uh, Eris stealing the Book of Peace when it like follows her through the chamber and she like puts the lights out and then like it tracks her as she <laughs> so floats cool. down to the bottom and then changes into Sinbad. Turns in. And all yeah. that stuff is very visually pleasing and I get a lot of uh satisfaction out of that i know we we've already spoken about it enough but in that moment there's a cool thing that happens where as sinbad she punches the guard mm -hmm. and even though it's animation i could still be like oh yeah sinbad could never punch that guard that hard you mm. know what i mean by that yeah like they were able you know characters while they were doing outrageous things like shooting themselves out of a catapult i never thought in that moment Sinbad is strong enough to just punch a guard across a room. Right. Yeah. Which is, uh, I would say that that's a, you know, that that takes skill to be able to convey that well. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm glad we watched this. Yeah. I'm. Th this was a fun time. Yeah. I'm. Uh, now I, I want to watch Hercules. Yeah. Really bad. Notre Dame. Really bad. You got to watch Tintin. Yeah. We we've got some some definite stuff on the on the list of possibilities. I think we both have a, I think we've agreed on something good uh, for in between the two season breaks of Avatar, oh, yeah. um, which I'm very excited for, and y'all can look forward to that. After a few more episodes of Avatar, we'll get to something else we're both very very stoked about. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, in the meantime, you can continue watching Avatar, which is now streaming on Netflix. If you haven't already heard, if you haven't noticed, uh, literally your entire social media feed being filled with Avatar memes. Avatar memes. And, yeah. Um, but also... By the way, if you haven't watched Avatar, don't look at those memes because they are all spoilery. They all Every are. meme is about something that happens in, like, season three. So just yeah. don't open a meme... Watch the show first. The meme will be funny then. Yep. Yep. In fact, you should probably just watch the whole show yeah. and then rewatch it listening to our episodes. <laughs> and trust me, you'll want to. It's you will. that good. And there's lots of... Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's already been kind of frustrating not being able to allude as much as I want to to things that yeah, happen later. Yeah, me too. I'm glad we're doing it the way that we are, and I hope people. I hope it's appreciated by people who are watching it for the first time, or even people who are watching it for a second time and wanting to, you know, experience things experience very episodic. It. 
you know, exactly as it goes along. Yeah. But if you are looking for uh, something else to uh, fill your Other time content. with, some more entertainment. We uh, have another podcast going with our other good friends, Dustin and Sam, uh, who uh, the four of us together are the Legendary Four. You can find all our content on legendaryfour.com. And you can listen to our actual play, Dungeons & Dragons podcast, Legendary Four Space Vampires. Space Vampires. Space Vampires. It's pretty awesome. Calvin did a lot of music for it, and it's all great. And if you like his music on that podcast, he has more music available on the website, legendary4.com as well. Uh, I put my movie reviews on there. Uh, if I make a short film, which I will be doing in the next week or so, I will be putting it on there. You've already shot the film for one. Yes, it's it's shot. It's ready. It's just, uh, you know, you oh, know, he edits this, so he knows how hard editing oh, is. Yes. But, uh... Yeah, you should find yourself with plenty of content to keep you, you know, energized in this time of... Ah, shit, I shouldn't say it. I hate saying the time of <laughs> uncertainty. I keep saying that <laughs> shit because of commercials. uncertain times. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, also, please have dis discourse with us, you know? Please comment. Uh, yeah, we want to hear something. If you know us personally, feel free to send personal messages, but there is a comment section on legendary4.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts and stuff. I just had a call with my brother earlier uh, about his thoughts. He's been listening to some episodes and had some things he wanted to hear us talk about or opinions he wanted expressed that we will be talking about next episode of Talking Avatar, which should be coming out on Sunday. Awesome. Very excited. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'm Gary. I'm Calvin. This is a new lens. See ya. <laughs> Later. <laughs>